You're listening to Rock of Ages, where I introduce my theater kid friends to my favorite classic rock albums. And when we look at a concert album or a rock opera, they introduce me to their favorite musicals. Hey everyone, today we're talking about the Ruddles, self-titled. With me have Romy hey. and Paul. Hey the Ruddles is a soundtrack album to the 1978 telemovie All You Need Is Cash. The album contains 14 of the tongue-in-cheek pastiches of the Beatles songs that were featured in the film, uh, performed by comedy rock band the Ruttles. It was released on March 1978 through Warner Brothers Records, and the genres are comedy rock and rock and roll. And from AllMusic Review, Lindsay Planner. Pop culture, comedic satire, and rock music have always made for strange bedfellows. With all due respect to the collective genius involved in the Spinal Tap saga, it's safe to say no others have been able to repeat or recreate the delicate balance exhibited in the Ruttles multimedia parody. This venture included a made-for-TV mockumentary entitled All You Need Is Cash. The Ruttles began with Monty Python's Flying Circus member Eric Idle. His initial flash on the concept was a short-lived BBC series titled Rutland Weekend Television. Joining Idol on a regular basis was former Bonzo Dog Band member Neil Innes, whose seemingly innate musical abilities would also adorn latter-area Monty Python performances. According to Idol, Innes' contributions to the program were Beatley, thus inspiring the concept of a full-blown Beatles spoof. After previewing a demo reel to Lorne Michaels, producer of Saturday Night Live, Idol was convinced to develop the idea for NBC TV. The Ruddles are... Ron Nasty, who is played by Innes and is the John Lennon character. Barry Wom on drums is portrayed by John Halsey, who presents a dead-on character of the deadpan Ringo Starr. Stig O'Hara is depicted by Ricky Fatar, who flawlessly emulates George Harrison, and Idol, the only non-musician who serves Paul McCartney as Dirk McQuickly. The soundtrack takes a whole other existence as each and every composition is deeply and sincerely ingrained in the Beatles music. Because of the previously sacred nature Beatles music shares in almost every life it graces, Innes penned and produced spoofs that were so eerily similar in structure they could easily be mistaken for previously unearthed tracks from the real Fab Four. There are obvious put-ons such as Ouch and Help or Double Back Alley and Penny Lane. However, the real beauty inherent in many of these tunes comes via the subtle innuendos. These ultimately involve multiple listenings in order to locate the origins of a particular guitar riff or possible lyric spoof. The best of these include Hold My Hand, which references I Want to Hold Your Hand in title, and All My Lovin' and Song Structure. Piggy in the Middle is a sly reworking of I Am the Walrus, and It's Looking Good can be considered a variation of the rubber soul cut I'm Looking Through You, right down to the lyrics of the song's coda. Alright, what do we think of the Ruddles? The Ruddles. Good. It's like I was listening to Gustav Mom. It's pretty good. So many bops. <laughs> yeah. Um. I was I have... really surprised by how well it stands on its own. Yeah. Um. I don't know what that all music review was talking about. Like, who are these Beatles that they keep referring to? Yeah. You know, I was, I was, I had to look up what the Beatles were, and I, it turns out that 
they're a parody group of the Ruddles. Well, they'll never make it big. Ever. It's also sad that Michael Jackson had to make a living off parodying Weird Al Yankovic. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Same situation. Exactly, yeah. Oh, and Coolio, rest in peace. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, um, ditching the joke that the Beatles don't exist for one second, um, for a parody album, this really stands on its own. It could really be mistaken for, like, another, uh, 60s band. Oh, absolutely. I think my my, my favorite tracks on here are either, uh, I Must Be In Love, uh, Love Life, Piggy In The Middle, or, uh, of course, Cheese and Onions. Yeah. Personally didn't care for Cheese and Onions. Really? But I was, I did really get into Get Up and Go. Uh, I, I found that one to be a bit too similar to Get Back. I mean, I, I know that was the the intention, but it, it, it just went on for too long. But yeah, um, almost all of this album is a bop. I say almost because then there's nevertheless. Yeah. yeah. That one's very short though. Yeah, it's like just, it's just a minute and a half. And I feel like that's supposed to be like a spoofing like George's tendency to write like Indian influence songs that go for like five minutes. But here they're just doing it for like 90 seconds. So it's cool. It's fine. Yeah. I wouldn't listen to what, it again like what, a second time I wonder, by itself. Yeah, I but what, like it's, it's, it's cool. I wonder what they would think of RRR. Where did you get, where did that pop in your head? Indian music and like started thinking of Natu Natu. <laughs> I feel like Natu Natu is just ripped off of a Ruddle song somehow. Yeah, everything ripped off the Ruddles. Yeah. Even the Beatles. Can you believe that? You know, the the Booz Brothers and the Ruddles were like those two bands that everyone just ripped off. Yeah, I can't, I can't believe we didn't think of the Ruddles when we did the Blues Brothers. Well, this is, I'm sure like none of us have really heard of the Ruddles before I decided to say, oh hey, let's do the Ruddles for April Fool's. <laughs> no, I I hadn't heard of the Ruddles. You see, you see, the, this was this is a good learning experience. We got to hear about the Ruddles for the first time. Yeah, first... Um, I'm totally here. She loves you. I can't believe the Beatles ripped that one off too. Yeah, I'm surprised you guys didn't mention it when you did that uh, did that movie thing. I I remember I listened to one of the recordings you did on the program where you listened to one of the Beatles movie soundtracks. Um, Brampton and oh my God, the Peter fucking Sergeant Pepper's movie soundtrack! Oh yes. my gosh, that would have been a good opportunity to mention the Ruddles. And since wasn't the since Ruddles the... in some way connected with that. I don't know, but um, one thing's for sure. Of the two uh, Beatles parodies released in 1978, this is the better one. Yeah. What are the odds that two uh, Beatles parodies are released in 1978? And one of them's good, and the other one is the Sgt. Pepper's movie soundtrack. <laughs> mm, just wait till Cage hears about this. <laughs> we like this better than the Sgt. Pepper soundtrack. I'm sure he likes this better than the Sgt. Pepper soundtrack. He just made us listen to the Sgt. Pepper soundtrack because he hates us. Yeah, because he's a sadist. He's a cadist. So, uh, the primary creative force of the Ruddles, as mentioned previously, was Neil Innes, who has sadly passed away on uh, December 29th, 2019. And, uh, believe it or not, this isn't his first time with working with the Beatles, uh, as, in a way. Because he was originally a member of the Bonzo Dog Band, and that band was in, uh, the Beatles' Magical Mystery Tour movie of 1967, where they performed their song, Death Cab for Cutie, which, by the way, did influence the name of the band, Death Cab for Cutie. Wow. So yeah, uh, Neil Innes has been around, and then there's Eric Idle, who was, like, best friends with the Beatles, so, like, had the right ingredients to make, like, a Beatles parody act. Mm. 
Uh, I'm gonna be honest, one of my favorite parts in this entire album comes in Cheese and Onions at the very end. Because it's like a parody of A Day in the Life where all the orchestra swells and it just stops. And then you hear that really long sustained E chord. But here, uh, it's just a very uh, blunt, short G chord. Yeah. I, th- I just, I think that's, that's great. That, that right there is comedy and not joking every single verse about ninjas and sex and parties yeah. i really enjoyed when they did love life and <laughs> in the middle of the song you hear him go oh, oh my, my head. Head. yeah 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 the, the beatles tried to copy Absolutely, that yeah. with all you need is love where paul's just like going she loves you yeah 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 want a bunch Except of hacks the problem, with, the problem with their version is that they're on key <laughs> yeah yeah I don't... Completely ruins the integrity of everything. Yeah, we need to return to sloppy rawness, am I right? Yeah. I feel good, I feel bad, I feel happy, I feel sad, am I in love? Ah, I must be in love. I feel rich, I feel poor, I'm in doubt, I feel sure. So did you guys watch the uh, All You Need Is Cash movie that came with the album? No, I did. I didn't get a chance to. Like, I've been slacking off on movies lately. I need to watch uh, the rest of the John Wick series, other than the first. I also been meaning to watch Dungeons and Dragons. I've also been meaning to watch Air, Courting a Legend, which uh, had a special screening in my area. Uh, I'm probably not going to see it until after it gets released in wide release. Yeah. Well, um, you needn't have to worry because uh, the movie is available for free on YouTube with captions. Oh! I, I gave a link the uh, album and song links because I feel like we should at least watch the mockumentary at least once because it's honestly one of the best mockumentaries out there. And I say this full well knowing that this is Spinal Tap exists. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen Spinal Tap, but if it is on the same level as this movie, I think I'd give it a watch. Yeah, yeah it's in the National Film Registry. I hear it has an 11 Although out I... of 10 on IMDb. <laughs> oh, cool. Um, no, like, I was wrong. It's like, it has like an 8 out of 10, but instead it's like an 8 out of 11. Oh. Which I think is cute. Fun fact about the, the guy who plays Stig, the George XB, uh, he is played by Ricky Fatar, who was actually a member of the Beach Boys in the early 1970s, and they migrated to the Netherlands for like, a few months. Really? And you you can hear his percussion work on songs like Sail on Sailor and the rest of the Holland album, which is on the wheel, by the way, so we get to hear more of uh, Ricky Fatar. Yeah, Ricky. When I was watching the movie, my mom had just gotten home and I was like, she was like, what are you watching? I'm like, I'm watching the Ruddles. You've never heard of the Ruddles? And right at that moment, that's the moment when the feet came on. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I I was wondering where that uh, story was going to go and in the back of my mind I was like I really hope it goes there. Classic <laughs> <laughs> parents walking in when you watching anime moment. <laughs> the Ruddles is my favorite anime. Yeah. I wonder if Quentin Tarantino ever watched this movie. Hmm, he might have. 
have been inspired by. Yeah, wait, wait. Um, he watched that scene, A Thousand Feet of Film, and he's like, I'm going to make an entire career off of this. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what he did. Yeah, and uh, the song featured in that montage of You Need Feet, it is the only song in the entire mockumentary that is not by the Ruttles. It was performed by comedian Bernard Breslau in 1958 and is a parody of the Max Bygraves hit You Need Hands, also released in 1958. I mean, I appreciated the pun of a thousand feet of film, but... I didn't need to see a hundred seconds of it. Well, apparently Ron Nasty thought you did, so you're gonna have to live with it. <sighs> but if I'm, I'm being honest, uh, no, I, d- I did not need a thousand feet of film either. Um, the uh, There's a sticker on the, the original pressing of this album that says, Free record with this 20-page book. There is no 20-page book in the record. <laughs> it's like, um... No, the Monty Python album, Matching Tie and Handkerchief, which doesn't have a matching tie and handkerchief. Funnier, because Eric Idle is is on this album. Well, actually, he's not on this album, because as I mentioned, he is not a musician. He is a singer, but he's not a musician. So all of his singing parts are done by uh, Neil Innes, I believe. And his voice was up-pitched. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And I, f- I think I'm, I'm glad that they did that, because if Idol just sang as, as himself, I right away I'd know, like, oh, hey, it's Eric Idol, because he has a very recognizable voice. Okay, we're listening to the, the Ringo song right now. Or should I say the very song? Because Ringo ripped off his entire career off this one song. Yeah, you saw that and made, I'm going to make an entire career off of this. Because, yeah, Ringo is known for, like, a slight country twang in all of his songs. It all comes from here. And honestly, it's a bit of a bop. Is, and it, and it's, it, this also yeah. plays during the scene where Barry gets married um, to the wrong person. Spoiler alert. Yeah. The entire movie is like a riot. Um, one of my favorite parts is like uh, Eric Idle plays the narrator of the mockumentary. And so he goes to like New Orleans to interview like an old blues man that uh, Ron Nasty said was one of his inspirations. Only to find out that uh, Ron Nasty was the reason that blues man got into making music. It's like, I thought you were into the blues. And he's like, I was a part of the war for the 30 years and then... When I got out of the war, I heard Ron Nasty's music, and I said, <laughs> that's what I want to do, and I started making blues music. Yeah. Okay, I'm reading right now. Um, Eric Idle was going to sing on this album, but he recently got an appendectomy, so uh, Innes mm. uh, did all the, did all the stuff. I remember somebody reported that Ringo had his toenails removed. It was actually his tonsils. Whoever. Oh. <laughs> that sounds... Uh, <laughs> I mean, you can get those two words confused, so the guy who said that was probably dyslexic or something. Yeah, it was like a BBC report, I think. The BBC is dyslexic. Every single member of the BBC is dyslexic. (laughs) It's going in the lore! (laughs) Rami, do you have a favorite song off this album, or favorite songs? Not really. They're all pretty good in their own right. (laughs) Exactly. We shouldn't pick and choose. Especially since Cheese and Onions is the best one, without a doubt. I'm sorry. It's either that or I Must Be In Love. That one is really, is getting under my skin. I think out of all the songs, uh, I Must Be In Love sounds the most like a 60s song. Like, it it definitely has that Mercy Beat feel. Mm -hmm. Alright, Robert Criscow review time. Let's go. Ooh! Are we ready? I dream of power poppers brazen enough to apply a few rough edges to I Must Be In Love. Could be a fave-rave. Could even be fun. Unlike this limp oral satire, C. 
Oh. He wasn't a fan. Yeah, he just hates fun. Yeah, he saw that. He saw that sticker that says a uh, free record with this 20-page book, and he was very upset because there wasn't a 20-page book. So we decided to take it out on the Ruddles. Exactly, poor Ruddles. And let me ask you this: Do you think Chris Gow was in on the joke, or does he just genuinely dislike this album? We should mention that Eric Idle's on the previous season of The Masked Singer, and uh, oh, that's right. He's saying "Love Me Do," perhaps acknowledging the Ruddles' influence on the Beatles. <laughs> exactly. I guess uh, silver lining. Uh, Chris Gow gave the Ruddles a higher rating than the Sgt. Pepper's movie soundtrack. So even he can recognize a good Beatles parody album. Yeah. Not that he considers this good, but you know. Yeah. I'm reading his website right now. He says, A C record is a record of queer professionalism or barely discernible inspiration, but not both. So, so he he doesn't so think this album is professional enough. <laughs> and a D plus is an appalling piece of pimp work or a thoroughly botched token of sincerity, which is what he considers the Sgt. Pepper's movie soundtrack to be. I love Chris Gow and hate him at, at once, as I've mentioned several times. Um, so that band we keep talking about that uh, ripped off the Ruddles, the Beatles. Do you guys want to hear what they thought about the, uh, the Ruddles? What? First off, there's John Lennon. He was actually, uh, hesitant to this, uh, album and the movie, but he ended up loving it. Would not return his copy when asked for it back. Mm. Um, he was afraid that Yoko would not like how they portrayed her in the movie. They portray her as a simple little German girl whose father had invented World War II. What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she wears a Nazi flag on her. On her I thought arm. she was going to say something about Nepo Baby. <laughs> yeah, but Yoko thought it was funny, so it was cool. Uh, John was also worried about Paul would be threatening to sue the Ruddles. Which is weird because the Ruddles came up with all this first. But uh, Paul was fine with it. He was hesitant too, but Linda liked it, so he had to like it too. Mm. Also, I should mention that Eric Idle's Paul XB brings out one of the funniest moments in the film. Like, during the Let's Be Natural montage, uh, where Paul and the Linda XB are hanging out in the garden, and uh, Dirk McQuickly, the Paul XB, he just he keeps making pratfalls every single second. It's... You'd think you'd get tired of it, but it just gets so fun. It gets funnier with each passing minute. Uh, One of my favorite moments from the movie is when when a reporter is interviewing about their business. Is it a banana? Yeah, the Ruddle Core. Yeah, Ruddle Core. And they're asking if how the business is doing and asking if the business is going under. He's like, no, I'm here to put rumors aside. The business is not going under. Everything is perfectly fine. And... You see in the background that people are just ransacking the place. They're taking out desks and paintings and people and plants. Yeah, a toilet. And eventually the microphone. Oh, yes, the toilet. The toilet got me. And the microphone. And a giant, and the microphone. And a giant statue of a bear for no reason. It was very nice of the Ruddles to be very nice to the parody band, the Beatles, yeah. by inviting George Harrison to be a part of it. He was oh, yeah. the interviewer. That's right, George Harrison was the interviewer. Um, he, George Harrison was the Beatle friend I mentioned that Eric I had, and uh, the two were very close friends. They, in fact, developed the idea of the Ruddles together. Uh, I believe George produced the Ruddles, like he produced the, the movie. And, and he had that cameo appearance as the reporter, and, uh, and the guy he was interviewing was actually played by Idol's old Monty Python buddy, Michael Palin. 
Which I thought really funny. Just seeing George Harrison and Michael Palin in the same uh, scene together, I, I love that. Also, um... George Harrison's like the back backwards voice and Piggy in the middle where he's going like Stig is dead honestly. Yeah. yeah. In the in the lyrics it says Stig is dead honestly, but I actually I realized it's it's just backwards talk. Yeah. Uh, he's saying this little piggy met to went to market, but if you play it backwards, it <laughs> sounds like he's saying Stig is dead honestly. Coincidence? Whoa. I think not. <laughs> Man. But yeah, uh, George loved George loved the Ruddles, and he loved Eric Idle. He didn't love Eric Idle's friend, though. Do you know who Eric Idle's friend was? David Bowie. David Bowie. <laughs> Oh, I should also probably mention what Ringo thought of the Ruddles. Uh, he loved the movie, but he didn't like the the sad parts. They hit too close to home for him, which honestly you can't blame him for that. Mm. Uh, let's see. They they made a sequel to the Ruddles. All you need is cash, and it's entitled "The Ruddles 2 Can't Buy Me Lunch." <laughs> Never saw it. Uh, you're not missing much. No one liked it. Is a 48% of Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> which is could go either way. So I didn't really care to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> and I have no intention of watching Rattles 2 Can't Buy Me Lunch. I do have intentions of watching All You Need Is Cash again. I did happen to listen to a couple of the songs. It accidentally came up on my Spotify. Oh, nice. It was uh, back in the USSR, but their version. It was, hey, we're back. <laughs> we're, we're back and here we are. I that's a uh. that's funny, yeah. Um, also, I I, I do want to point out how it was is really cool how uh, Stig came out as a trans femme at the end of the movie. Again, spoilers. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if that you, was a big surprise. Yeah. So yeah, if you're if you haven't watched uh, the Ruddles, all you need is cash. Yet, um, what are you doing with your life? Go watch it. It's 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 one of the funniest uh, mockumentaries. Just one of the funniest mockumentaries of all time. Might just be one of the best British comedies of all time. Definitely one of the best TV movies of all time. One of yes. Um, because uh, and, and it still has strong competition with Teen Beach Movie. Yeah. Um. In the mockumentary department, it could have um, some serious competition with theater camp, which are some like modern theater heavyweights mm. um, running a theater camp when its uh, owner falls into a coma. It's coming out in June or July. I think July. Also, an- another Weird, thing. The Al Yankovic story is technically a TV movie. Technically, technically. yeah. <laughs> also, there were a lot of SNL cast members on this uh, movie than I remember them being. First off, we have John Belushi, uh, one of the Blues Brothers, as Ron DeKline, the most feared promoter in the world, a parody of Alan Klein. And then we have Dan Aykroyd as Brian Thigh, the record producer who turned down the Ruddles and life just became hell because of it. And apparently is a parody of a guy whose name is, and I'm not kidding here, Dick Rowe. (laughs) We also have Bill Murray as Bill Murray the K. A parody of Murray the K, the New York DJ who was, like, famous for, like, promoting the Beatles when they first got to the U.S. after the Ruddles. And then we also have uh, Rolling Stones member Ronnie Wood as a Hell's Angel who punched Stig in the face during their 
I'm in the basement of Ruddlecore. <laughs> and then we oh and, and one more thing I want to mention is uh, Lepo, the fifth Ruddle. Oh yeah. He is a parody of both Pete Best and Seward Sutcliffe. And uh, apparently he he hopped into a like a treasure chest with a German Fräulein and it was never seen again. Which is it's like a reference to Stuart Sutcliffe who uh, who went to art school but like tragically died of like a an aneurysm like just a few months into art school, which is honestly pretty sad. It is it, it is like rumor that it was actually John who killed Stuart, but like what? Um, I mean, how can we forget uh, Leggy Mountbatten, the Ruddles producer? who went home one night and tragically accepted a teaching position in Australia. Ah, uh, yes. A par- that is a parody of Brian Epstein, who did not accept a teaching position in Australia, but tragically killed himself. Yeah. A lot of this movie is uh, finds a lot of dark humor in sad situations. I think that's what Ringo meant when he didn't like the, the sad parts. And, yeah. and, Anything else to add? Uh, my favorite line in the entire movie comes at the very beginning. Where uh, the Eric Idle narrator's like, their first album took only 20 minutes to record. Their second took even longer. <laughs> I don't know. That it's is just... a good line. Yeah. Um, I want to give this album an 8, but um, that's too, like, milk toast of a, a rating. I want to spice things up. I want to give it a decimal. It, it varies out the rating, because so we don't have too many albums with the same rating. So I think I'm going to give this album an 8.25. And would I recommend this to a theater kid? I think I would, because I think they'd appreciate a lot of the Beatles and jokes and references and the hidden depth in all the lyrics. I just think it'd be a very fun time for them. Uh, how about you, Paul? I I completely agree. I I think that I would definitely let a theater kid listen to this and recommend this to a theater kid. And I think I'd probably give this an eight out of ten on my rating. All right. I'm not as I'm not as fancy with the decimal points. Well, you should be fancy, uh, because like I said, it varies out the ratings. Um, but what about you, Romy? Um, I give it a eight. I, I, I'm brave enough to give it an eight. That's fine. Alright, so um, I have this like record next to me by that Beatles band we kept mentioning all night. Um, those uh, shameless rip-off artists. And apparently it's called um, A Hard Day's Night. Do you, do you guys mind if we look at it for next week? Yeah. Um, I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Hopefully it's not mid or anything. Mm. Okay, thanks for watching. I mean, wait, you're not watching us, you're listening to us. <laughs> what am I saying? Happy April Fools.